Well, good morning. Good, good afternoon, everyone. Actually, you have given the message. Huh? And I should just stand up and smile and say good morning and shut up and walk down. I have... Um, I don't know how long this message will be. I trust it will be very short. And uh, you'll have your lunch. You'll have to wait for your lunch, huh? I think. I have just three happiness to share. I'm happy that uh, you've invited me. Well, that's one happiness not counted. I'm just happy that uh, to be here. But there's a number one happiness of Happy New Year. Now we are in uh, March, April, and March, April. And uh, half the year has not passed, but 2018 has come. But the last uh, Chinese New Year uh, celebration is Friday, right? So you had your Chinese New Year happiness. I trust you enjoyed yourself thoroughly. We are happy for uh, newcomers to have come, uh, visited us, and uh, perhaps it was this morning, and uh, many of you might have stayed back. We are happy that you are here, and we trust that you will come again. And we are happy that uh, you have from your midst eight young people, youths, all right, who have been baptized today, whose baptism we witnessed just now, and who might be here with us today? Could you put up your hands? And let's give them all a big clap. Well done. Three happiness, huh? Um, I have a message also, which is in uh, three parts. One, two, three, from Haggai. Uh, you will find that this is shorter than you expected. There are three messages. But over and on top of all these messages and all this happiness is one very important thing. And that is not Edwin Chua, that is not anybody here by name. That is the fact that God, our Father, is in charge of everything. He's in charge of the happiness of the people who have come here who, uh, who have celebrated the Chinese New Year, who is celebrating the New Year, and uh, who have been baptized. He's in charge. If you have no God and you are baptized, then I'm so sorry. If you think that you came here and that is of your own will, then I will say, God, the sovereign God who created the world, has come and moved you to come here. You may not know. And if you are a newcomer, again, we give you a very warm welcome. And God has got three short messages for us. So that's three happiness, three short messages. You know there are only how many chapters in Haggai? What is that? Eleven or two? <laughs> two chapters in Haggai. Three short messages, okay? And uh, I want to just do this three short messages. I gave, oh, you got it here. <laughs> there's no PowerPoint, there's no video presentation, there's no 
whatever you may call it, okay? It will just appear on screen, the Bible references, but I will be speaking, and therefore I trust that uh, you will be able to look at the references and then copy them down, but I will not refer to all of them. There'll be no PowerPoint. Uh, you can use your Bible in whatever form or version you have. Use your Bible if you've come here. You've come to church, use the Bible, okay? Even if it's a, if, if it's a, if it's a what do you call, telephone one, if it's an iPod, iPad, whatever it is, use it. That's what you're here for, to use the Bible, to read the Bible, to know the Bible. That's what we have come here for. If you have come here and you didn't have any of those things in mind, then what did you come here for? I don't know. Eight Christians have been baptized, and uh, we are so glad that they obeyed the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to say for those who have, oh, by the way, for those who have heard this message this morning, the first session, you can uh, close your eyes, you can go to sleep, you can do anything you like, okay? Because I'm just repeating the same thing which I said this morning. Uh, there's some more coming in. The young people who were baptized this morning, first and foremost, because they wanted to obey the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, yes, you, you persuaded them. The parents might have persuaded them. Some of the parents are not, may not have been happy with them, but whatever it is, they obeyed the Lord Jesus Christ because they love Christ. Not because they don't love the parents. They love the parents too, but they want to obey Jesus Christ first. And therefore, those who have been baptized first and foremost, they obeyed the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, they, Jesus comes first in their lives, whom they also love. We are studying the book of Haggai, the prophet of the Old Testament. And in the days of old, God spoke through his prophets. And in this case, it was Haggai. And God spoke to his people, the Jews, through Haggai, four messages in the year 520 BC, that is, before Christ. 520 years or so before Christ, and uh, they, he, he spoke these messages to them. And uh, Haggai, because he was a prophet of God, he received this message from God, and he gave it to the people, and he dated these messages. The first day was the 1st of August, 29, 520 BC. You find this in Haggai 1.1. The second message was on October the 17th, also the same year, you find this in Haggai 2.1. And the third and the fourth messages are found uh, are in uh, what you call December 18. Haggai 2.10 and 2.20. These messages were given by Haggai 18 years ago after the Jews who were held in captivity in exile in Babylon, were allowed to return to Jerusalem. But they were allowed to return to go back and do what they wanted with Jerusalem, which had been devastated. And they wanted to, suppose, to go back to rebuild the temple that 
the temple that had been destroyed in the Babylonian captivity, they wanted to go back and rebuild. But when they tried to rebuild, and they tried, and they tried, they were in, uh, they quit. They were discouraged because they had opposition. And in the face of opposition, what do you do? What do most of you do? You fight opposition, right? Or you give up on opposition. Or you complain to God on opposition. We do so many things on opposition. And many of us, who are, especially who are Christians, we complain to God. Say, God, why is it you give me this hardship? I want to do your work. Why is it you make me suffer? I want to do all those things which please you. Why do you give me a hard time? And this was what exactly the, the Jews of Judah, when they went back to Jerusalem, they said, we are having a hard time. God, you want to bless us. You say, I will bless you. And then what happens? He gives us a hard time. And uh, in many of our cases, I think many Christians are serving the Lord. But in the midst of service, you find that there are friends who speak against you, there are parents who oppose you, there are loved ones who say, what's this you're doing, going to church so regularly, why do you do this kind of a thing? And you find that it's so hard. God, I want to quit. I want to quit. And this was God's message to them. God said to them, after 18 years, they had... <coughs> They had gone back to Jerusalem. God wanted to encourage them. Don't quit. Don't quit. Because I promise that I will bless you. Don't give up. Hard times, bear up with it. Hard times, take it as it comes. You will go through hard times. But I will bless you with it. And what did the people say? The people said, no, no. No, they gave up and they quit. You know, Haggai was about 70 years old when he looked back. And he was possibly quite old then. 70 is quite old, right? How many of you are 70 years old here? Put up your hands. Let me see. Allah, I'm talking to the wrong group of people. <laughs> well, my wife doesn't want to put up her hand. So I'm the only one who put out the hand on, on her behalf, okay? There are at least two of us huh, who are 70 years old. We are grandparents with how many children, grandchildren we have? Eight. With three children, eight grandchildren, and two great-grandchildren. Unbelievable, huh? And this is how young we are. And uh, Haggai was about 70 years old. Doesn't tell us whether he was a grandfather or not. But he looked like any old person will always look backwards. And he looked back on the glories of his nation. Like many old folks do even today, right? We look back, we see it so often on TV, on the glories of Singapore. On Last time we had Lao Pasat, and last time we had Esplanade. And last time, we had, oh, you, none of you know this. Okay, I would mention all this. You have so many of those things which we looked at it and said, I say, yeah, remember, man, Tekoyat bus, we used to sit. What is Tekoyat bus? You don't know, all right? And we used to eat ice ball. What is ice ball? 
We thought, no, it's ice ball. Because you don't have, you have already passed that age. But we were at this age when we remembered. But more than looking back, which is so often with old people, Haggai looked forward. Because, why did he look forward? Because Haggai, the prophet spoken by God, had this desire to see his people rise up from the ashes of, from the adversity of exile and reclaim, not only to rise up, but to reclaim their rightful place in, as God's message, as God's light, as God's people to those who are around them. And this is when they were suffering, when they were giving up. But the Jews, in, during Haggai's time, when he spoke to them, were unwilling. They were very vulnerable. And when they were not only vulnerable, they were humbled because of their exile in Babylon when they were conquered. Because when they were allowed to return to Jerusalem, they become so discouraged, like many of us, when we go through hard times. What do you do? That they quit. What did they quit? They quit serving God, but they never quitted serving themselves. You see the difference? You can serve God, walk in here and say, ah, I come to worship, serve God. You can serve God by saying, ah, I teach in Sunday school and serve God. But actually, when you're doing all these things, you are also seeking to serve yourself. And you quit. You say, God's ministry can wait. They were so discouraged that they only had their own interests in mind. So instead of serving God, when Haggai spoke to the people, they forgot God. They forsook God. And God, although God had delivered them from captivity, God said to them repeatedly, consider your ways. Consider your ways. Set your priorities right. Suffer. But I will promise that I will bless you. God never said don't suffer. They were suffering. God never said that. And many of us are suffering and you say, oh, I'm a Christian. Why should I suffer? I don't want to be a Christian. Or I want to be a Christian. I come to church. I have a hard time. I, uh, I just come to church. Lah. But my priority will be to uh, buy my car buy my landed property, have lots of possessions. I have other priorities. God can wait. We still come to church. We still call ourselves Christians, but we go through suffering. And because of that, it says, God, you're putting me through a hard time. I don't want to suffer while serving you. I want to serve myself. And maybe when I serve myself, I will not suffer. But God said, Set your priorities right. Consider your ways. And this is repeated throughout in Haggai from chapter 1 onwards. And God promises that if they set their priorities right, He will bless them. But they refuse. In their self-centeredness, they said, the time has not come. Haggai chapter 1 verses 2 to 7. God's work and my spiritual life can wait. I will serve God when I'm ready. Meanwhile, I will serve myself. And it was quite true because another 
prophet in the time of Haggai called Malachi. Malachi said to them, says, you are serving God. You come in for worship. You come in to, to, to a gathering of Christians. And you're supposed to bring worship to God. What do you bring? You bring your rejects, your leftovers. You bring the lame and the sick. Haggai says in, Malachi says this in Malachi 1.8. The things which cost you nothing, you bring to God. Does it cost us anything to come here? It's quite difficult. Ah, it cost me nothing. Lah. I just take the MRT or take the bus or drive my car and park here and walk up. Ah, I'm tired walking up, but that's okay. It cost me nothing. But it costs us something when you decide that you are going through hardships, when you don't get answered prayers, when God doesn't bless you and give you all those good things you're looking for. Then he says, oh yeah, it cost me something, but never mind, I will still make my appearance. And the people said the time had not come for God's work. Haggai's message to the people was very passionate and very simple and very straightforward. He said this in Haggai chapter 1 verse 8. He said, If you insist on pleasing yourselves, you will never experience real satisfaction. Whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian, you will never experience real satisfaction. Haggai chapter 1 verse 8 says, you will so much harvest a little. Plenty of sowing. Plenty of hard work. But at the end, you're not satisfied. You will eat. Wow, plenty of food to eat. Huh? Singapore especially. Plenty of food to eat. Until the foreigners come to Singapore and say, wonderful, Singapore food is wonderful. But they came from a country which has actually better food. Not so much salt, not so much sugar not so much MSG. And they come here, they put all the MSG and salt and they say it's very good food. And we all say, ah, wow, Singapore is a wonderful place to eat. So you only eat, come to Singapore. Well, that's not a very good health thing. But Haggai says, you will eat but never have enough. Isn't that true? You eat in Singapore and they say, not enough. You eat somewhere, go, no, not going. So you go to La Pasa, not enough. You go to this place, not enough. You go to Ang Mokyo, not enough. Then you say, okay, I better go to Australia. And I go, go to China. I go and eat some food. Never enough, okay? You will have, uh, you will drink, but never have your fill. You all know what drinks are, right? I used to work in a company called Coca-Cola, FNN. And they had all kinds of drinks, all right? We had all kinds of drinks. You can't remember those names now because they are, they are out of fashion. But all kinds of drinks. And I'll, I'll drink myself crazy, but never, thirst, never, you know, ne never quench my thirst. You will drink, but never have your fill. You will wear clothes, but no one is warm. Why? Because you wear clothes and you come to the aircon and I have a friend who's always out with me for coffee in the morning and he will wear his long sleeves and, his, and he goes to work and he's perspiring like mad but we go to a non-aircon cheap place and we say, I must go cheap place. But he says he wears clothes but he must wear them 
for office wear, but he doesn't have enough, never experienced. You will have wear clothes, but no one is warm. Then this is the last thing, which is very important. Haggai 1.8. Nah? You earn wages only to put them in a purse of holes. Check your purse today. See if there are holes there. A purse of holes. My pocket had a hole. All the coins start falling out. So I pulled out my pocket and I took a thread and I sewed it and I put it back. Pocket full of holes. But this is the first message which is applicable today as it was during Haggai's time. In later years, when Jesus Christ came in the New Testament, he was asked by the people about the sharing of possessions in a family. He was asked by family members, they said, can, can you tell us something about the sharing of possessions? And he replied in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Take heed and beware of all covetousness, for a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. I have many friends who have abundant possessions. I have many friends also, like many of you, who know what is abundant possession, but you choose the blessings of the Lord. But many friends have abundant Many Singaporeans have abundant possessions. And what do they do? Oh, I got a car. I got a Jaguar, I got a Mitsubishi, I got a Ferrari, I got all kinds of cars. Abundant possession. You have one house, you're paying mortgage, I have four houses, all paid for already. I'm looking for my fifth and sixth. I'm, I want to invest. I have a double, you got money, I got money. And therefore, it says, you know, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession because when you are for satisfaction, you have only materialism, you have only possession, your materialism will infect other people. That is true, isn't it? Your Jesus tells us that how much we possess or how wealthy we are cannot make us to be the kind of person God wants us to be cannot make us satisfied. And a man's life does not consider. So there's the first message applicable to us today. The second message for the Jews and us is that when our lives are centered on possessions, it will lead to selfishness. True? Just read the papers and you find it yourselves. Read your today or your Straits Times or your Chinese press, you find this yourselves. Why? Children sue their mother and their sister because they sold a property for so many million dollars and they want to have a share of it. Or this property doesn't belong to them, it belongs to their father who's passed away. So now they sue. And suing, possessing, owning is a very common thing in Singapore. In fact, in Singapore, if you slap a person on the face, only you get sued, right? Yeah. So, more so, if you were to bluff people and to sell the property which do not, or according to them, do not rightfully own by you. It will lead to greed. It will lead to selfishness. 
and greed and selfishness are quickly communicated to others, to our children, to our sons, to our daughters, and to the community as a whole. And therefore, Haggai uses from a disease corp, which doesn't, which communicates disease and bacteria, and he uses an example from a temple. And uh, Hebrews, uh, Haggai chapter 2, verses 11 to 12, where he says from the temple, sadly, holy things do not communicate their holiness. But the diseased corpse, when the corpse is diseased, if it touches you, it touches a hem of your garment, it can communicate disease, bacteria, unholiness. And so God, being a loving and a kind God, in order to encourage the people, he said to them, if you obey me, if you rebuild the temple, I will bless you. Your temple may not look as good as the first one which Solomon built some years back and it was destroyed. Now you're going home to rebuild your temple. If you obey me to rebuild a temple, I will bless you. And the rebuilt temple, the greatness of the temple will be, its glory will exceed the former temple. Why? You see, when God fills your life and my life, and he fills it, and he says, I will come into your life and give you Peace, joy, security, blessing, love. And all those things which we all know so well. But if he really comes and lives in our life and we don't allow possessions, we don't allow materialism, we don't allow the things of the world to take charge. And if we do that, then God says that I will bless your life with blessings, I will bless your life with love. I will make your life in the midst of suffering. God doesn't say you don't suffer. In the midst of suffering, I will give you joy. Can you have joy in the midst of suffering? You trust God and God will keep His promise. And this is the promise He made to His people. When God fills our life with His gifts of peace, therein is true satisfaction. And this is what God does to our life when He comes into it. Nothing in the whole wide world can compare with what God offers you. Even though you have hardship, even though you have suffering, nothing can compare with what God gives you. All the, all the trappings of this world, all the materialism of this world, all the possessions of this world, nothing can compare with what money you have Nothing can compare with what you get for yourself. Finally, this is a very important message. Haggai told the people, God would bless them if you would return to him. So when the Jews began to recognize this message, they obeyed God. They showed a shift in their spiritual lives. From devotion to self, they showed 
a devotion to God. And the key to their spiritual life was obedience to God. They began to heed God's promises because nothing is more important for the Jews than to show that the Lord God was the center of their thoughts and actions. What is important to us, to you, to me in our lives? Important for what I possess? Important for my service to myself? Or important because I want to let people know I'm serving God in all the hardships of life? The third point, and with this I close. Haggai points to the future. Let me say this. No point giving you a message of promise or of hope or blessing just for today if you have no future. The future is life after this life. If you come to church and you say, oh, I have all these hardships, I don't know what's going to do tomorrow, then I think you might be getting the wrong message from the Lord. Because it is the tomorrows, it is the life after this life, it is the life after death, that is the message of God to us. Not the message of blessing and good life and possessions of here. That is not the message. And if you get this kind of a message, and you say, it is a good message, you say, no, that's not a good message. The good message is a life after this life and the life after death. I will bless you. And this is the future which God speaks to us. The eternity which God speaks to us. You and I have an eternity. If you come here and you think you have no eternity, you think you have come here because you have a present life, a good life, but no eternity, then I think you've got the wrong message. The message for every Christian is that he must know that he has a blessing and a life after this life and a life after death and eternity, <coughs> which is a future which comes from Jesus Christ. Haggai 2.7 says, The desire of all nations... I will bless you with the desire of all nations. The desire of all nations, what does the nations, what do the nations offer? They want to offer possessions, you want to offer materialism. No. The desire of all nations is the future, is the eternity, it is Jesus Christ. Not things, not power, but Jesus Christ, the future. And we are to look forward every day in our Christian life to the day when Jesus shall come again. He has already filled our lives and he will continue to fill our lives to fill our lives with blessings, wisdom, satisfaction, which the world cannot give. What are you looking for? And what are you looking forward to? Let's pray. We thank you, our loving Father. We can have this time together for your word which is given to us, for your challenge to each of our lives, and for the fact that Jesus is the desire of all nations. Nations desire so many things. Help us that we may desire after Jesus, who gives to us the eternity which no man, no person, 
no promises, no blessings can give to us. Only you can give to us. And only you give to us because your son Jesus Christ loves us, died for us, is risen again, inhabits eternity and will come and to be with us. We thank you for him and we ask you will bless each of our lives to learn this very important fact that you are a God of eternity and we will have the whole of eternity to praise you and to thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all for coming. Enjoy your lunch. Edwin, you want to say something else?